plates ready? This is Food School, Smarter, Stronger, Leaner podcast. Want to feel amazing? Love the way you look in the mirror and perform your absolute best in the gym, at work, and in, be- well, in life? You're definitely in the right place. Food. It's you. It builds every single cell of you. And if there is one thing every human being must master, it's food. Because at the very least, eating, you do it every day, several times a day, every single day. You might as well get good at it. I'm your host, Angela Sharina from Create Yourself Dead Today, your personal nutritionist and plate watcher, your diet guide and explorer, your fat loss coach and food inspector, and just someone with a lot, a lot of passion and obsession and curiosity for healthy food, healthy diets, nutrition, optimized human performance, everything and absolutely anything you put in your grocery shopping cart, your fridge, on your plate, and in your mouth. It's my business. Food School, on a mission to help you eat better daily. It's the last time I talk about food. It's the last time I talk about food. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Food School Smarter, Stronger, Leaner podcast. Today is Thursday, and it means that we will be talking about food news, everything, anything I find fascinating, interesting, important from the world of food, food industry, nutrition, our food supply, uh, and everything and anything related. Um, I guess... I want to start with, with, I don't know, an unusual place, or maybe not that unusual. I don't know if you heard about it, but it's been on the news, especially because of the Earth Day, that our banana, the banana you know and find in most supermarkets and markets and anywhere where bananas are sold, most bananas in our world are basically genetically identical the same kind of bananas, except for maybe if you go to Southeast Asia or somewhere else in the world, then uh, you find some wild varieties bananas. There are, you know, a lot of kinds of difference uh, of bananas, but uh, the banana that you buy at your local store is probably the exact same banana when it comes to genetics as, as anyone buys anywhere in the world. And the news is that that banana is threatened by a disease that is evolved. Um, I don't know if you heard about it or you knew that, but before 60s or somewhere around that, we had different kinds of bananas genetically, and they also looked a little bit different, and they also tasted uh, differently, and people who actually had the chance to taste that banana, obviously, we didn't have, I mean, I personally, but even my parents, you know, they uh, were not young enough or old enough to try that banana that we used to grow. And uh, that banana died of a disease. Uh, It's a fungus that killed that sort uh, of bananas. And then the, the same fungus evolved and it started to kill the Cavendish banana or the sort the variety of banana that you find these days in uh, 
any kind of supermarkets um, where you can buy your bananas. Anyway, so that's been on the news. Uh, scientists, all kinds of agriculture scientists, and also uh, gen geneticists uh, um, trying to figure out the new variety that uh, might be resistant to the disease, because at the moment the disease is mostly, I believe, in Southeast Asia or in that region, so it's not in South America yet, um, and uh, in other places where they grow bananas, but this fungus, it spreads really quickly, really fast, it kills all the bananas, and in that soil, that kind of banana cannot grow anymore. So that's fascinating news that is happening right now, and it just shows us how still, um, how fragile our agriculture, our food ecosystem is still is. And uh, the problem with that also is, the disease can spread so fast and kill so much of our banana crops because we decided to grow just one kind of banana because it was cheaper and uh, because the bananas that look the same and taste the same are easier to market and to sell because when you buy bananas, you uh, expect to get the same kind of tasting eating experience uh, every time, right? And that threatens biodiversity, the amount of different crops of different kinds of plants that we have, and also that is a threat to our survival as humanity, because the less varieties we grow, the more chances there are that there's going to be some disease that's going to kill that particular variety of that crop, be that banana or coffee beans or chocolate beans, cacao beans that also had a history of uh, being when certain varieties were destroyed by certain fungus or disease. So it's uh, it's an issue that we're still going to face not one times, and that's why there is so much uh, a focus right now uh, when it comes to our planet and making it safe for us in the future generations. There, that's why there is so much focus on increasing biodiversity and eating different kinds of foods and different kinds of plants and crops. Not because you're going to get more nutrition or because it's fancier or because now companies have more products uh, uh, to market. No, it's actually safer for us to have more variety of food grown because then we are we are just in a safer place in case some disease or something else will wipe out one sort of our food. Um, so we need to rely on more foods, more crops. Um, so that's to begin our food story Thursday. The next, not an issue, but I think I want you to think about is... Uh, these days, it's still not determined. It's a very confusing term, processed food, right? Or healthy food. What is processed food? You know, um, if you want to be really exact, food processing is, even cooking is food processing. Some people even say um, that food freezing is food processing. So uh, basically anything you do to food, be that crop, be that animal product, uh, if you do, you know, cooking or killing it or, uh, I don't know, chopping it, it's food processing. So uh, when you might hear from me or other health 
food educators, you know, it's best to avoid processed food as much as possible. But we keep in mind that by processing, we means high processing, meaning not just cutting and chopping your food and probably not just cooking your food, even though you can cook your food unhealthy too, but certain kind of processing that is industrial, usually with a lot of ingredients, with a lot of non-food ingredients, with a lot of salt and sugar and fat, even though those can be different too, right? And the quality can be much different. Um, So by some Uh, There is also this term these days, ultra-processed food, Um, and by that term, different organizations who... um, who care the who care about the quality of our foods and who try to put it in, in some sort of system. So ultra processed foods are foods again they're um, industrial foods that have more than five ingredients uh, and then uh, have a lot of added sugars and salts and fats. But then again, you know, you make kale chips and you add a lot of spices to it. It's also going to be industrial food with more than five ingredients, but are you going to call it unhealthy because of that? So in our food, nutrition, health community, uh, it's becoming more and more apparent that we need to have some definitions that that help us better to navigate our food choices and just saying that something is processed and something is unprocessed or something is healthy or unhealthy is not enough anymore because those terms again are not really well defined and we still don't know what exactly harms our health the most when it comes to food and nutrition so just a thing to think about for you for the next week till our next food thursday or just the next time you hear the term processed food you know or you hear processed food is bad or this is healthy or this is unhealthy understand that all those definitions they're not really well defined nobody really can you can tell you for sure what is 100% bad for you what is 100% good for you what is processed what is unprocessed what is healthy what is unhealthy when it comes to food so uh it's uh, all the definitions are really really blurry so moving on to our next news did you know that the most popular drink that we buy all of us buy became water bottled water in 2016 it's officially the most popular drink um, because of you know we all are getting more and more aware of uh, drinking sugar beverages how it's one of the worst you can do or one of the worst things you can do to your health uh, and uh, Also, we are more and more aware of different artificial sweeteners and potential um, harm of them on our health and all the other ingredients of uh, that soda manufacturers include in their foods. So more and more people are moving towards, you know, proper hydration, more water, uh, because it's uh, great for our health to be properly hydrated with water and uh, uh, moving away from um, as much sugar uh, in our food system, in our diet. So yeah, water is officially the most 
popular drink. Uh, but when it comes to drinks, uh, big companies like Coca-Cola, like Pepsi, they're getting more and more, more and more into uh, sugar-free beverages and trying to find new formulations that have uh, the um, less or the least harmful artificial ingredients, even if they still add uh, mostly artificial sweeteners, they are looking into getting into other categories of more natural sweeteners, more natural ingredients, because that's where the consumers, that's where you and me are moving towards, right? When you can have your health and the pleasure of drinking something delicious, you're probably going to go for that uh, versus something that is full of sugar, preservatives, additives, and all kinds of health hazards. So um, because uh, companies like Coca-Cola, like Pepsi, but other companies um, in soda business too, they see a lot of, um, they see this deep in consumption of um, sugar beverages. So they're moving away from it little by little, and they're moving towards healthy choices, even though I, I of course, would not consider soda healthy choice, or even fruit juice, you know, you shouldn't be drinking your calories, it's still really highly processed food, even though it doesn't have that many ingredients, so, um, you know, drink your water, not sodas, not fruit juices, eat your calories, um, drink your water, <laughs> that's my uh, best advice, uh, but when it comes to bottled water, guys, uh, I have... Um, kind of like alarming news uh, for you, that in a lot of water, bottled waters, um, there has been find, found uh, arsenic, levels of arsenic, and that is um, a poison, and uh, it can really harm your health in uh, bigger amounts, uh, and, you know, people drink a lot of water, so uh, there has been a research, uh, and uh, arsenic has been found uh, in waters like um, Whole Foods, Starkey brand, Keurig, Doctors Pepper, Penafiel, um, not sure how you pronounce it, uh, Crystal Gazer, Alpine Spring Water, Denon's Walwick, and the Crystal Creamery and Earth H2O. Uh, those are the brands that have the most arsenic in them, and uh, they're not really recommended for your consumption. So even when it comes to bottled water, guys, make sure that you choose good bottled water. Maybe read something about your water if you consume it daily. If you consume something daily in big amounts, guys, it's always worth it to do the research. But uh, just understand uh, that... Uh, a lot of food companies, they do not do proper research when they put something on the shelves uh, of your supermarket. And then only after health reports, only after, I don't know, poisoning or something else, only after that companies start reconsidering the formulations of their product and the sources and get really diligent with the quality of their products. But the lesson for you is be really careful about choosing what you put in your body, especially if it's something that you consume on a regular basis, whatever that food or drink is, it's worth the research. Again, your health is worth the research because food companies at this point do not care that much and they are not obliged to care that much uh, about the long-term health consequences for you. Another food news that you might heard about. It's kind of like everywhere at this point, especially if you are someone who is interested in nutrition and um, health. 
So skipping breakfast increases risk of heart disease, study claims. You know, I'm a huge fan of intermittent fasting. There, are, There is a lot of research about intermittent fasting and prolonging your fasting period and eating um, less meals and not snacking and how that is beneficial to your overall health and longevity, right? And now there is this study about how they found, um, by the way, uh, let me read you how they found that. So researchers from da-da-da uh, reported data from 6,500 Americans aged 40 to 75, um, males and females, the data collected between 1988 and 1994, who uh, and those people, they had a history of heart disease, and they asked them questions like, how often do you eat breakfast, uh, and... Uh, um, 5% never ate breakfast, 10% rarely ate breakfast, 25% ate breakfast on some days, and 59% ate breakfast every day. So the health of the participants was then analyzed uh, in 2011. Within this period, 2,300 participants died, and 600 of these deaths were due to cardiovascular disease. So, and... After making adjustments for age, sex, race, um, da, 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 lifestyle factors, body mass index, cardiovascular risk factors, the researchers concluded that people who never ate breakfast had 87% higher risk of cardiovascular disease specific mortality than those who consumed breakfast every day. And then at the end of this article, in the end of this um, study, they say um, that you should be eating breakfast of high-fiber cereals if you want to avoid health problems. And that alone makes me really think about the, um, the actual motives and people behind this study. And all these studies, guys, they, you should never really pay attention to the studies that, first of all, are interested in giving you recommendations, promoting certain dietary patterns, uh, or giving you certain dietary recommendations that promote certain sector of industry in the country. So you shouldn't be listening to those studies. And then also the kind of studies where people self-report uh, by memory. You know, if, you, if I ask you, like, how many breakfast or how many days a week, unless you're a person who really have breakfast every day, like, do you really remember what you had yesterday for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Well, yesterday, yeah, but like a week ago, a month, two months, and they were asking people, uh, like, years ago, like, did you eat breakfast at that time, or were you a breakfast person? Uh, you know, I, I can't even remember really for how many years I myself had breakfast uh, before I started to skipping it. Um, and when you ask people to self-report their dietary or lifestyle habits, uh, it's almost always like it has a lot of uh, error in it. And uh, that's why, for example, when I work also, you know, with clients and I ask people to do food diaries, I always tell them, I don't want you to do that by memory. I need you to actually go through that and write down everything you eat and drink as you go, not from your memory. Because, again, we people are really bad at remembering what we do exactly, uh, even a few days ago, leave alone a few years. And then, of course, you know, it's really like 
when people don't have breakfast, you never know why they didn't have that breakfast. Maybe they ate a whole bunch of junk later at night, and maybe they just late night eaters who eat a lot, and then they sleep badly because of that heavy dinner, and then they wake up, of course, they're still full, and they're not eating breakfast, and then they might be drinking sugary coffee, and they don't consider it breakfast. They consider it just coffee, like a lot of people do. Um, so, like, really... A really useless study, actually. If you hear that, just don't pay attention to that. I cannot tell you like exactly how having breakfast and not having breakfast or um, fasting for prolonged periods of time, more than, you know, like 12, 14 hours a day, how exactly it's going to influence your day. But if your lifestyle is healthy, if you sleep really well, if you exercise, if you are active, um, then... Uh, I'm not sure that really skipping breakfast or not skipping breakfast and when exactly you're going to have that breakfast going to have such a big effect. So anyway, just don't listen to that. Um, moving on to next news. Um, an interesting piece of, of news. Um, uh, you know, you probably heard from me and in the news and everywhere you might be curious about all these meat substitutions and then there are also dairy substitutions right so the company beyond meats creates meat alternative and then there is also impossible foods uh and uh, then there are all the dairy substitutes, all the nut milks that are not actually milks. Uh, there are also, you know, cheeses and kefirs and uh, all sorts of things. So a couple of interesting uh, news. Uh, the uh, Food and Drug and and Drugs Administration in U.S., you know, they had this request from dairy farmers, from dairy industry to... Uh, uh, ban for companies that create uh, non-dairy products. Uh, product alternatives like nut milks for example they ask to ban those companies uh, from using the terms milk if it's not if it doesn't actually come from from the cow right uh, but uh, food and drug administration they ask actual consumers how confused are they about those dairy alternatives and do they really want the names to be changed and consumers said that, no, we don't really need any changes in the names. In fact, changing the name will put consumers at more confusion. <laughs> um, so, and I, and I actually agree, when I see something like coconut milk, I understand what it is, right? But if it's going to say like something coconut beverage that some companies actually do, then I'm actually more confused. And I start looking at the uh, label and see why it's beverage and why it's not coconut milk, right? Or why it's almond beverage or not almond milk or... Um, so yeah, it, it's gonna, for me personally, it would create more confusion. So I hope they still will allow companies to use the terms like almond milk or coconut milk or almond cheese or almond kefir or coconut yogurt. Um, so I, I am all for leaving the things how they are. And then when it comes to meats, now companies who are in the business of creating those fake mix meats uh, because of the regulations that are probably gonna take power that not not non-meat product should be called meat and also because if you are in the market of um, plant-based foods 
why on earth would you want to create a product that actually is very similar or identical to meat product if you're trying to attract people who want to stop eating meat and who want to um who are, I don't know, maybe more, want more sustainability or who want to eat more plant-based, why would you want to remind them of meat with that product that, that they choose because in the first place they want to go plant-based? It just doesn't make sense. And it seems like it doesn't make sense to uh, companies who start um, who in the business of making fake meats too. So they're, consider, they're considering to change their whole marketing strategy to you uh, consumers who are plant-based eaters um, and that's their main uh, consumer base, right? Um, anyway, so if you're interested in non-meat products, non-dairy products, so a lot of uh, regulations, a lot of changes are happening that there. Uh, and uh, last but not least, I want to talk about a couple of products that uh, I find uh, on the different spectrum of uh, healthy, quote-unquote, because as we know, healthy is not um, really well defined. So there is this product, it's called Smart Sweets, and it's originated in Canada, and it, pro it might still be based in Canada, but you can buy it in U.S. Um, so Smart Sweets, uh, kind of like jelly bears, um, if you ever tried those, if you love that kind of snacks, uh, but they're made from organic, all natural, and by all natural, I actually mean uh, all natural ingredients, and uh, they are sugar-free. They use stevia as a sweetener, they use a few fibers, but there are no sugar alcohols. Uh, this is probably the most advanced <laughs> and the most uh, health-friendly friendly candy uh, out there. So the ingredients are things like prebiotic fiber, um, chicory root fiber, you know, all kinds of fruit acids, like um, lactic acid, malic acid, fumaric acids. Those acids are actually uh, naturally derived from fruits or from um, other plants. Uh, then there are juices like vegetable juices and fruit juices for coloring. And then um, there is stevia extract, spirulina extract. I'm not... I'm not such a fan of like carrageenan that is a kind of um, seaweed uh, that is used as a thickener, but it's uh, it shows some negative health effects for your gut specifically. Uh, but other than that, it's all natural. It um, has 36 grams of carbohydrates per 50 grams of product. That is kind of a lot, but uh, those carbohydrates, 28 of them are actual fiber. I'm not sure about tasting experience, guys, so try it out, Smart Sweets. You're going to find the link in the show notes because I want you to try them out and tell me how they taste. <laughs> but anyway, those 
uh, the sweets I probably would recommend the most to give to your kids or uh, to get for yourself if you're trying to get over that uh, uh, sweets uh, addiction or sweet habit. Uh, so smart sweets, check them out. So this is one spectrum. This is, I believe, actually a positive thing because this is the beginning of this uh, bigger trend that you're going to see more and more when sweets and other not-so-healthy products are going to be reinvented and made into a healthier version. So smart sweets uh, does it in a really great way, like the best way possible, I believe, at the moment, adding all the natural ingredients and reducing sugars to almost non-existent, basically no added sugars for sure. Uh, but then uh, this is, you know, a great positive trend that I believe going to continue because you and me, we're going to uh, demand uh, and ask for this kind of products. And then there is Soylent. Yeah. You might have heard about Soylent, especially if you're in, uh, you know, I don't know, tech, you in Silicon Valley or you're an entrepreneur, this uh, meal replacement drink, um, right? Uh, now they are moving into bar category. So Soylent created the Soylent Squared is um, square bar meal replacement or snack replacement meal. It has only 100 calories. But the uh, thing is why I consider it to be on the other um, side of the spectrum of good developments uh, in food industry. It's kind of a bad development of uh, food industry because even though it has only 100 calories and it has only 12 uh, grams of carbohydrates per bar, it has added sugars. But the most important thing is um, the ingredient list. There are so many and to start, well, to start, of course, soy protein isolate, this soy lint is all about, but then corn syrup, canola oil, glycerin, soluble corn flour, whole oat flour, but that is not even that bad, isomaltulose, alkalized maltodextrin, modified food starch, artificial flavor, and then there is a whole, uh, like... Uh, uh, I need, I think, to upgrade my chemistry knowledge to read all all the ingredients, and there are like I don't know thirty of them. <laughs> so uh, I would not recommend you get Soylent squared uh, ever. Um, you better be eating uh, just a brownie <laughs> instead of that, and that um, I believe is not going to stay. Like, who would want to put in their body that kind of? Uh, um, wonder bar <laughs> that has so many ingredients and most of those ingredients were never tested how they're gonna on how they're gonna affect your long-term short-term health and keep that funny story in mind also before getting into this kind of supplements that have this huge ingredient list uh, in this company so soylent before it came out with a bar too but then because of the consumer reports of getting sick, they took the bar out of the shelves, out of the stores really fast. Why it's funny? Because it just shows you why once again, uh, how how little research, human research actually goes into putting those products on the shelves of our supermarkets. Like people started to get sick, a lot of people, and they had to take all the, you know, bars out of the stores. And who knows what that chocolate wonder bar <laughs> can do. Um, so yeah, be careful before uh, 
before eating any of the products that have such a um, <laughs> I didn't even uh, know the word for it. Uh, ingredient list. Um, try to stick with the food ingredients, uh, even if there are more than five of them. It's much much better uh, for you if you don't understand most of the ingredient list and. Uh, no matter how many calories, how many sugars, how many whatever it has, uh, try to skip it uh, unless you're starving and you really need to eat something. Uh, so that's uh, that's it for food news for today, guys. So we talked about bananas and how biodiversity is an essential part of our healthy food supply for us and our future generations and try to invest in biodiversity. You know what you can do to increase biodiversity? Buy different kinds of products. So if you're a banana eater, maybe go for those smaller bananas that you can find sometimes in the store, the wild ones. Uh, uh, Help those producers to um, invest in our biodiversity. Um, If you're, I don't know, love nuts, try different kinds of nuts. If you love beans, try different kinds of beans. If you love rice, try different kinds of rice. The same goes for meats, for fish, for eggs. Just try different varieties of different products. And this has the additional benefits of adding more nutrition into your daily diet. Uh, So help the planet and eat more delicious foods. Uh, get creative about cooking and add more, again, more nutrition to your daily diet. So it's a win-win for you and the planet. Um, So biodiversity, be careful about the water you're drinking. So if you drink bottled water on a regular basis, do some research about that water so it doesn't have arsenic in it and other potential pollutants uh, and make sure that the bottles where you get your bottle in, that they are BPA-free. That is also very important. That can disrupt your hormonal system. Um, So plastic, there are different kinds of plastics, right? So you can still buy water in plastic, but it got to be BPA-free. It's a specific kind of plastic. Skipping breakfast, you know, guys, uh, keep your uh, lifestyle healthy overall, and don't worry about uh, those weird news that um, that tell you to eat more cereal <laughs> and stop skipping breakfast. Um, check out Smart Sweets. Uh, do not check out Soil and Square. Um, if you're in uh, soda, if you're still drinking soda, then it's best, you know, to not do it. But if you do it once in a while, pick up some sugar-free, natural, maybe something like Zevia that is sweetened with Stevia. Uh, And uh, enjoy your dairy-free milks and cheeses. They're probably going to stay with the same name for quite a while to avoid confusing all of us. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you find this uh, episode interesting. If you need more information about anything you heard today, if you're curious about bananas or about anything else, about biodiversity, uh, about your specific water, if you need uh, any help of doing research on the foods that you love, feel free to reach out, to shoot me email. Uh, you can find all the links, all the contact details in the show notes. Uh, Thank you guys for tuning in. Tomorrow, we're going to have an episode about keto and fat loss and what to do and what not to do. It's been a very um, 
popular and on-demand topic in my circles, among my clients and among my followers. So keto and weight loss is going to be next. Uh, and you're going to pick up a few interesting things there uh, too, even if you are not keto or low carb uh, or anything. So stay tuned. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, and till next time, as usual, eat better daily.